Hey poodles, you're listening to <laughs> You're listening to That Slayer Show. I'm Kate Schroeder. I'm Madeline Kane. And this is season two, episode six. Halloween. Through the theme of courage. Ooh. I'm very excited to get into this episode's many idiosyncrasies. But before we get into it, I just want to take a quick moment to say that if you enjoy our podcast or if you like this episode, take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Madeline really wants to read some reviews. Let us summon courage for the one minute recap. Oh, we're doing cool lead-ins now. Madeline, I'll count you in. Three, two, one. Recap. Angel is waiting for Buffy at the bronze to get coffee and have a little date, but Buffy was busy fighting someone and then um, was late to the date and Cordelia's with Angel. Right. And Spike is like watching highlight reels from Buffy fights to like figure out how to beat her. And then at school, um, Xander, Willow, and Buffy are forced to sign up to take kids trick-or-treating that night. Right. And Xander is like a weirdly good like kid mentor uh, babysitter, which is uh, cool for him. And then they go shopping for costumes and they go to Ethan's costume shop, the new costume shop. Buffy buys a old timey dress like from the 1700s. Um, Willow goes as a ghost and Xander goes as a soldier. Right. And then they're at Buffy's house and Buffy's like, Willow, be something different. And Willow's like, OK, I guess I'll wear this sexy thing. And then she wears the ghost thing instead and then go trick or treating. And then um, mid trick or treating, Ethan puts a spell on everyone and curse and then they become their costumes. Right. And there's mass havoc and Willow goes as a ghost looking like a sexy lady to Giles who weirdly sexualizes her. And then they kind of figure out what's going on. And then it turns out that Ethan was cursed everyone and then Giles knows Ethan from his past and Ethan leaves and everything's fine. Right and then Buffy saves herself from Spike. Okay. For some reason seconds like 10 through 30 go by really quickly. Yeah. I agree. I'm glad we talked. I'm glad you emphasized the weird sexualization of Willow. Great. Yeah. It was oh so uncomfortable. Anyway. I would just maybe add to the fact that Spike was like super stoked to take advantage of Buffy in her weakened noble woman state to attack her, but for some somehow he messes that up. Right. We didn't emphasize that Buffy dressed up as a woman from the 1700s. She then becomes this person who doesn't know how to fight, forgets she's the Slayer. Everyone, when they become their costumes, like forgets their previous identity. So Xander literally becomes a soldier. Willow literally, she's the only person who doesn't forget her previous identity, but she is a ghost, so she can move through things, which is cool. Right. And Cordelia bought a costume from a different store and therefore does not have the curse put on her. And an important detail is that all of the kids dressed up as vampires or, or monsters or demons, they they are also becoming those things. And that's the root of the havoc that ensues that night is because there's like, hundreds of these little tiny demons like running around and you can't kill them because they're actually little kids which creates sort of a difficult position for the gang right especially since willow's the only one who knows that they're actually kids mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so keita courage where did you see courage in the episode i think it shows up in a spot that's a little confusing and I'm not really sure what to make of it so when they're preparing to go out Buffy's all dressed up in her noble woman in costume and Willow is wearing something super cute I'm not really sure what it was but she's like kind of nervous because her belly is showing and she's wearing this like leather skirt and everything but she's not feeling super confident 
So she chooses to go with the ghost instead. So I'm wondering, was that a a lack of courage to, you know, dress differently, maybe um, get out of her comfort zone? Or was that just being true to herself? That's the exact same question that I had. And the first time I watched the show, I thought it was inappropriate of Buffy to be pressuring her so much to dress as something she was clearly uncomfortable going as. I th- thought that it was good of Willow to be be um, clear about her boundaries. But when I was watching through the theme of courage and doing a little bit of research on courage, because I was like, courage, you know, what's going on with courage? And to quote, our Lord and Savior, Vanessa Zoltan, she defined courage as staying open to the possibility that you can change. So I do think we saw courage in Willow this episode because once she was forced to just kind of wear the outfit that she actually didn't want to wear, she ended up realizing that that was an identity of hers that she could embody and and she could feel comfortable in her skin wearing that outfit. But I think it just took a little push for her to realize that. And then also in this episode, I realized that, you know, when Buffy becomes this 1700s noble woman, she is completely not open to change. She has been conditioned to like be like, oh, noble women don't fight. The men fight. And instead of adapting to the situation and the crisis at hand, she stays stuck in the position that that women can't do that. And she was going to die because of it. Right. And so I think. That underscored Vanessa's definition of courage for me, which is is the openness to change. Willow was courageous this episode in multiple ways. Um, she also changed in that she took on the role of leader, partly because of necessity. She stepped out of her comfort zone, not just in her dress, but also in her actions. It made me, towards the end of the episode, I was thinking maybe it was courageous also in the beginning of her to say, okay, Buffy's like really sort of pressuring me to wear this. So it was a little courageous for her to wear the ghost costume anyway, right? She was choosing between peer pressure and her own comfort. She decided to go with her own comfort. And of course, Buffy's very gracious and doesn't say anything about it. But it was, you know, it was nice at the end of the episode. She was like, no, I don't, I don't need the ghost costume anymore. Like I can do this. And there's something kind of scary about changing the way you present yourself because I know for me, I always assume that people have these assumptions about how I dress or what I do. And so doing something different, I'm like, oh, gosh, what will the people think? So sometimes it does. You know, you do have to be kind of courageous to say, no, I'm going to be the person that does this now. But once you do that, you're comfortable doing it. But it takes that moment of being like, yes, I can do this. Yeah. And I think what's important about that transition is that it's done of your own free will like at the end of the episode we saw her actually be comfortable in that outfit but if it had just been she was only wearing it to to please Buffy she would have been all uncomfortable all night and she would have been so happy to get home right and like get into her comfy clothes Mm -hmm. and out of that outfit and so there is an an element I think of of choice that's necessary for courage to be present like you have to be presented with a choice I think well, there was, you know, a bit of a choice in that at the, you know, at the end of the episode, everyone sort of ends up back the way they normally were and which makes Willow not in the same place as the rest of the gang because her quote unquote body, like the rest of her, because she's a ghost, is still on this person's porch. 
So she could have been like, oh, well, I was a ghost before, but now, you know, we're all waking up. She doesn't know that everyone remembers what happened. She could have been like, okay, better put it back on this ghost costume because... So in that way, there was a choice. She doesn't know that everyone's going to remember what happened. So she might have assumed that everyone still, you know, thought that she was just the person who would wear a ghost costume. Madeline, anywhere else that you noticed the theme of courage? I think what was super noticeable this episode was the courage-shaped absence in Buffy's character. Mm. You know, Buffy is normally the person who rises to every challenge. Expressing courage is her default. And then in this episode, we saw what it would look like for Buffy to have no courage. And I think it's a little unclear to what extent her powers were taken away from her during this time. Mm -hmm. She might still have had super strength. In fact, I think it's likely she did still have super strength. She just didn't have any of the memories of her being Buffy to take advantage of the super strength. But I wonder if she had been a little more courageous in some of those moments where she was running away from Spike or like was almost killed by Spike if she had just tried to push him off, she might have been able to. Right. But she didn't even try. Mm-hmm. And it helped me appreciate the courage that Buffy shows on a daily basis. I think it was really encouraging that when Buffy was not herself, other people were able to step up. Exactly. Right? You know, we often talk about what it would be like if Buffy weren't the Slayer, if she chose not to fulfill her slayer duties because I, as we talked about, it's super difficult emotionally for her and there's a lot that she's giving up in order to be the slayer. And in this episode, we see we see literally what it looks like if the slayer isn't the slayer. Right. And we see Willow and we see Cordelia rising to the occasion. You know, Cordelia is good at taking orders from Willow. Willow is handing out those orders like freaking, I don't know, uh, candy to kids on Halloween. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked seeing Willow in the in the role of delegating. Mm-hmm. I, that was fun. I know we already talked a lot about Willow, but I, I do think it takes a lot of courage in the same way that it takes courage to wear something that doesn't maybe fit your usual identity. It takes courage to act in a way that doesn't usually fit your identity. So like Willow is not just wearing this unique outfit for her, but is also now telling people what to do when people are listening to her. She has a certain command in her voice mm-hmm. and people obey. Buffy is is talking to Xander and she's like, you're going to listen to a woman? Are you feeble in some way? And he's like, the lady said stay. You right. know, <laughs> like Willow is so, com- is has such a commanding presence that even this soldier is like, the lady said to stay. Like, we're going to do this. Kate, um, courage. Where else did you see courage in the episode? Okay, so I went with another lack of courage. So, you know, Willow shows up to the library to tell Giles that the world is uh, a disaster again. As there are, like, children screaming in the background. Right, and police sirens. Police sirens. <laughs> and Giles is like, oh, I thought this was going to be a chill night in. <laughs> And they go to Ethan's because they figure out, oh, everyone within Ethan's costume turned into a monster or turned into their costume. And when Ethan says something intimating that he and Giles go way back, Giles has Willow leave. He's like, Willow, go. 
And I think this was a little bit of a, maybe a lack of courage on Giles' part to let Willow see his identity or know something about it, you know, without him having the time and, you know, space to curate it. He wanted Willow to go because he was too afraid of the repercussions of her knowing what, you know, what he got up to in his youth, which we still don't know yet. But it explains why he threw such a good punch at the frat party. Hmm. Because then he was like beating up on this guy and I was like, okay, Giles, um, try not to be impressed by violence, but um, impressed that he has so many different sides. Definitely. And also it was kind of hot. (laughs) different dimensions that i appreciate Giles is a complicated character okay (laughs) (laughs) okay so you think that that was a lack of courage on giles's part which i i see your point about it being potentially lack of courage although given giles's his status as a potential role model to everyone in the gang like including willow sometimes it's good to cushion information that could be harmful to people who look up to you like I don't think it's good to lie obviously and I think they probably need to he needs to sit them down and have like a frank discussion with all of them but I don't know that her finding out this way and potentially putting her in danger in this tense moment if that is called for yeah that's a good point I definitely read it as him being like in the moment having sort of an oh fuck reaction like we're definitely going to talk about what we used to get up to well you know i think you actually you might be right because part of me is like oh was he just trying to make sure willow was in safety but willow they go into dangerous situations and also willow's a fucking ghost like literally willow's a ghost this man can't grab her and that's why the the moment he was like willow leave i was like she's a ghost she's so chill so it would only be if he was trying to emotionally protect her from information that could be harmful for her but it feels like that's a feels like that's a uh, line that he's towing whether if he's protecting her or himself right because it feels to me like protecting himself i'm gonna draw parallels between being apprehensive about changing your appearance suddenly and changing the image other people have as you from someone who consults his books all the time to someone who you know has fought and maybe you know, we don't know exactly what he's done. So I wonder if he's worried about how she's going to take and react and how Buffy will react when she tells Buffy. But maybe he's also a little bit, you know, wanting to not look bad. Yeah, but much in the same way that it it wouldn't have worked for Willow to be comfortable in her body when she was being pressured by Buffy to wear the outfit she didn't want to wear. I feel like Giles's foray into his more complicated identity maybe should be on his own terms and so if he didn't want it to happen at this unexpected moment I feel like maybe that's okay yeah yeah that's a solid point so hopefully we'll get to find out more about that soon I think we will with the five seasons of the show left to go gosh (laughs) I wonder (laughs) anything you uh liked in the episode of course I I am enjoying that we now have a dark history to Giles because Giles, you know, has been a pretty straightforward, good guy, but let's be honest, that's kind of boring. And I am excited for a little naughtiness factor in the Giles category. (laughs) What did you like? 
Okay, so I'm reversing my stance on something I said several episodes ago, <laughs> which is this time I really liked the PDA between Spike and Drusilla. <laughs> okay, I love yes. the pet names. Yes. And then I love I just love their conversation. I love seeing them interact. She's like, "Do you like my insides?" Eyeballs, tentrails, my dear. It was really cute. If anyone asks me how much I love them, I'm going to say eyeballs to entrails. It's <laughs> such a good line. Right? And then later he says he refers to himself as daddy. I'm just not going to let that go unmentioned. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, this time I, I really liked it. I like, you know, the care that Spike, clearly an evil person, is showing to his partner. Right. And it really... Uh, I think it adds some dimension maybe to his Slayer killing uh, obsession, right? Because he mentions that he's, you know, trying to kill Buffy so that Drusilla can feed enough and everything. and Get healthy again because she's ill. Yeah. Okay, one line. I don't know if you laugh. It's just a, a line that made me laugh. I remember it made me laugh the first time I watched it, and it made me laugh again. <laughs> and it's from Oz. And Cordelia comes into the school in her cat costume. <laughs> And, um, you know, she comes up to Oz and he looks at her slowly, like pans up to her face and says, hey, Cordelia, geez, you're like a great big cat. (laughs) 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 Um, And it was great. I have nothing more to say, but I just want to make sure that the listeners know that he said it. (laughs) I am enjoying that we are, you know, we're not getting an overdose of Oz. I know they're really, it's a slow burn between Oz and Willow. It's a slow burn. We just see him pining for her from a distance, patiently letting events play out. Right. Um, It's not urgent. Taking their time almost, although it might be more just because Oz isn't willing to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Willow also doesn't know he exists. Right. But it's, um, like he walks in front of his car and he's like well okay never mind i was about to say he could have said something but like man if someone in a car talked to me and i while i was walking past and i just am like wearing this super sexy outfit like that would be really uncomfortable wow this makes me like oz more because he showed really good judgment in that moment yeah wow can't wait anything you did not like so much you mentioned this in the recap but the quiet judgment from Giles when Willow entered the library in her outfit and he was like what was your costume and she's like I'm a ghost and he's like which was a really funny response because she knows what she looks like I know and he goes a ghost of what exactly (laughs) but it's judgmental a little funny judgmental not good well it's also like bro people are literally dying and it's like you just still gotta make time to like make sure she knows that that she looks she's already showing courage by embodying this thing that she was originally uncomfortable to do but she's doing it because of the greater issues at stake here i was just like giles must we sure draw attention to this thing she's probably already uncomfortable about right okay so i have two bad options was he slut shaming her or was he because I sort of watched it as him being like, she looked really good, we have to say it. But like, 
not you know not for giles and i was like okay can he just not contain the fact that she looks really sexy even though she's a child i couldn't tell if he was sexualizing her or judging her both like i said are are not good but it was almost like he was like uh like stutter shocked as if she were not a child it felt very judgmental sure i mean like maybe an element of genuine curiosity but we got two bad watchings and i <laughs> yeah i also <laughs> just think are probably half right yeah i just want him to be a little more aware of the impact that his quiet judgment might have luckily yes. you know she still felt comfortable but that could have actually had a bigger impact like on some people that would have been enough like the you know the first person she t- one right. of the first per- people she talks to who actually knows who she is is like judging her right away. Oh my God. Right. He's lucky she was so focused on the task at hand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dislikes for you. So I thought that there was, so earlier in the episode, we have a scene where this guy who's like trying to make a move on Buffy, maybe is going to beat up Xander. Cause Xander's like, uh, no. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. I know it wasn't, it wasn't super huge, but I think, and then Buffy, you know, like doesn't beat him up, but is like, hey, I could. And then he leaves and Xander's like, <gasps> you've damaged my masculinity irreparably. And later we see Xander as a soldier. And what made me uncomfortable is I felt that there was this like latent comparison between the emasculation of being saved by a woman and then and now he's a soldier. Now he's the opposite of that. He became a soldier and he has a gun and so even though he takes orders from willow later in the episode he as a soldier beats up lars and so i think what made me not like it a lot was the suggesting that in order to beat lars he had to assume the soldier identity totally yes i i see what you're saying it's it's like they flipped the roles like in in one scenario Lars is the intimidating guy who can beat Xander up if he wanted to. Right, and Buffy saves Xander. And then in the other scenario, Buffy is a helpless 17th century, uh, 18th century woman. Xander beats up Lars. To save her. Right, because he's a soldier. Well, what it it does is it makes, you know, accepting help from Buffy, who's a really capable fighter, be the exact opposite of like a demonstration of masculinity right that's it's not you're not pushing any boundaries with what masculinity could look like right in this episode yeah yeah (laughs) right and can we talk about how really he should have been like thanks buffy (laughs) yeah well just it tacks right on and she's the one who ends up apologizing all right, listeners, so for the end of this episode, we're going to talk about the character Joyce, who was conspicuously absent this episode. So we will both explain what we think Joyce was doing on this Halloween night. And then you listeners can vote this Wednesday on Instagram for which backstory you think is best. Keita, what did Joyce get up to on this Halloween night? So Joyce was off at her friend Kathy's house with a bunch of other uh, middle-aged women, all of whom belong to the Sunnydale Heights Goddess Guild. They were having a ladies' retreat weekend. They all came prepared with various uh, 
snacks from Aldi and TJ Maxx. And they spent a lovely weekend together, relaxing, spending time away from their children, uh, working on their crafts projects, and watching uh, fun films, mostly Tom Hanks and uh, Hugh Grant movies. (laughs) And they all had a really lovely, relaxing time. They came home with uh, self-done pedicures and manicures. And yeah, she had a really great time unwinding with the other goddesses oh i love that for joyce yeah me too yeah so beautiful yeah goddess guild (laughs) madeline what did what do you think joyce was up to over the halloween weekend so joyce's art gallery was having a costume party on this (gasps) night and so (laughs) and you know joyce is a busy single mom working She didn't really have time to pick out a costume that was really ornate. So she just went to Ethan's costume shop and grabbed a witch's hat and called it a day. And so she did, in fact, turn into a witch. Um, She didn't do anything crazy. She just a light, light devil worship. And then she went back to normal and just chalked it up to uh, her weird drink that she had. All right. Go check out the Instagram on Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening to season two episode six of that slayer show if you enjoyed this episode and our podcast please go to apple podcasts and give us a review seriously it's super helpful we would love to hear what you have to say about our podcast. also follow us on instagram and like our page on facebook and follow us on twitter if you have any questions or comments or feedback feel free to email us at thatslayershow at gmail.com. Thank you so much to the fabulous Holly Colvin for the wonderful cover art that she created. And this podcast was inspired by Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you. We'll be back next week with season two, episode seven. Lie to me through the theme of exposure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hear you next week. Hey, Poodles, you're listening to That Slayer Show. Just what Spike calls Drusilla. And so I thought I'd use it as a term of endearment for our listeners. I see that, yeah. I think it's a good choice. Do you really think it's... Should I do something else? Maybe you'll want to do it one more time. Sure, for the tone.